Camp Fear, the podcast, is a PTL Books and Pathological Inc. production. Hello, campers. Welcome to Camp Fear, where you bring your fears and leave in tears. Now, come closer. No, closer still. Yeah, stay warm here by the fire. I want to tell you a story. You like stories, don't you? I love stories. Do you know what makes the best kinds of stories? The ones that are true. And I only tell true stories. So listen up, because today I'm going to tell you a story about something everyone loves. Spiders. What? You don't like spiders. Why not? Spiders play an important role in our ecosystem. They trap other insects, like mosquitoes. And nobody likes mosquitoes. Okay, maybe Riley does, but nobody else. Vanessa is a lot like you, I suspect. She hates spiders. But she's about to find out. Sometimes the things that you dislike the most become the most important things in the world. Shimmy a little closer for this one, campers. And listen to the true story I like to call... Web. Part 1. Bite. Quiet down, class. Good. Now, yes, um, uh, humans aren't the only species who communicate with each other. Uh, can anybody else tell me other animals that communicate with one another? Oh, 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 birds! Yes, anything else? Like dogs. Dolphins! My phone beeps and I scramble to turn it off, but it's too late. Vanessa, would you like to share that message with the class? I look up, immediately feeling my face turn red. I open my mouth, but no words come out. Mr. Franklin is staring at me through his thick glasses, his mustache twitching. Okay, uh, okay, but how how about you just answer the question then? Question? I was texting with my friends and didn't hear a single word the teacher said. Vanessa! Feeling the pressure of everyone staring at me, I tried to remember what the question was. What was it? I can't remember, but I remember people saying things. Things like dogs and dolphins. Spiders. I hate spiders, but it's the first thing that comes to mind. There is a silence in the classroom that lasts a good three seconds. And then everybody starts to laugh. My face, which had been red moments ago, now turns a deep purple. And Mr. Franklin is just standing there, letting them laugh at me. Slowly, he raises one finger, silencing the class. Very interesting, Vanessa. Very interesting indeed. I'm not sure what's happening, but even though the laughing has stopped, my face still feels hot. Some say that spiders cannot communicate with one another. Not in the traditional sense, anyway. Not like I'm speaking to you right now and some of you are listening. But there is a theory that spiders can send messages along a web. Tiny vibrations telling others where food is, or danger, perhaps. 
kind of like an erected Morse code. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Erected Morse code. Mr. Franklin goes back to teaching the class, and I stare out the window beside my desk while I try to force my face to return to a normal color. I'm looking outside, waiting for the class to end, when I feel something on the back of my hand. I look down, and I'm surprised to see a small spider. Shocked, I reach back with my other hand just as it bites me. It's a small spider, no bigger than an ant, but it has a strong bite and I shout. Ah! And then I slap it dead. Now everyone in the class is looking at me again and I feel my face turn a little bit more purple. Vanessa, are you okay? Sorry, I'm fine, just a spider. As I say this, I once again look outside and realize that there's a tiny spider web running from the back of my hand and out the crack of the window. I follow it with my eyes and see that it's connected to a bigger web. And although the creatures move fast, I think I see several other spiders running away from me and out of sight. I try to get a better look to see where they're going, but the sun is suddenly very, very bright. I squint against the light but it just keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter until I'm blind. I cover my eyes, close them tightly, but then my head starts to spin. I slip from my chair and fall to the ground. And everything goes black. Vanessa? Vanessa! When I wake, Mr. Franklin is hovering over me. I'm fine, I'm fine. I can hear in my own voice that I'm not fine. Mr. Franklin hands me a glass of water and I slowly bring it to my lips. I sip it and then gulp when I feel how cold it is going down. As I lower the glass, I see something on the back of my hand. A small red welt about the size of the tip of a pen in the exact location that the spider had bitten me. It was just so bright outside and I'm tired, didn't sleep well last night. Mr. Franklin helps me to my feet. Well, uh, you don't look fine. Maybe you should go see the nurse. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Aware that everyone is still watching me, I hurry down the hallway towards the nurse's station. As I move, I can feel the sweat start to pour down my forehead and my hand starts to ache. By the time I reach the nurse's station, My whole face must have been sweaty because I am immediately ushered inside. The nurse, a plump woman in a white gown with big rosy cheeks, takes one look at me and instructs me to sit down. What seems to be the problem? I hold out my hand and I'm surprised to see how much the spider bite has grown over the last few minutes. It's now the size of a quarter and there are thin red lines stretching out from the center and flowing along each of my fingers. My entire palm also feels tight and swollen. A spider bit me. A spider did this? I nod and the nurse leaves for a moment before returning with a pack of ice. This should help. I look at the ice and when it touches the back of my hand, I wince. That's it? She gives me a big smile, revealing spaced teeth. It's just a spider bite. But as I get up and start to stagger out of the nurse's office, I realize that this... Well, it is anything but just a spider bite. Part 2. Infection 
I don't go back to class. I know I should, but I just don't feel right. Instead, I get the office secretary to call my mom and tell her that I'm not feeling well. The secretary tells me that my mom is on her way and asks me to sit tight while she goes and fetches herself a cup of coffee. I have no intention of moving. The ice pack on the back of my hand is warming and starting to melt, and beneath it, I can see that the red lines have spread even further. I look around, taking in the secretary's desk, her computer, the open styrofoam and the half-eaten french fries inside. Normally I love french fries, but the sight of them makes me almost sick to my stomach. But the weird thing is, I actually feel hungry. It is getting close to lunchtime after all. My stomach growls, but I have to look away from the french fries to avoid puking. I close my eyes for a second, and as I do, I begin to hear a quiet buzzing sound. I hadn't heard it before, but it seems to be coming from a fly in the direction of the styrofoam. My eyes still closed. I get to my feet and slowly walk over to where I think the secretary's desk is. Then I blindly move my hand around, trying to get closer to the buzzing sound. It's louder now, but also becomes less intense. When I think the fly has landed on a fry, I open my eyes. Then something impossible happens. My hand shoots out and I catch the fly between my finger and thumb. It starts to buzz more intensely as I bring it close to my face, tilting my head one way and then the next to get a good look at it. And my stomach. My stomach is grumbling loudly. The fly is plump and juicy and I could feel the tiny hairs on its back tickling the pads of my fingers. I don't know what makes me do it. All I know is that I bring my fingers to my mouth and place the fly inside. It's still alive, and I can feel it banging against the roof of my mouth and tickling my tongue with its wings, until I clap my teeth down, crushing its body. It's a little sour, but it's also delicious. As I chew, my eyes roll back in my head, and then I swallow. It's disgusting. I know this, but I'm not going to be sick. Instead, my stomach grumbles again, wanting more. I look around for other flies, but there are none in the office. Eventually, my eyes fall on the window by the corner of the room. I walk over and slowly open it. It's still sunny outside, but not as sunny as before. Not blinding. As I slide my foot out the window, preparing for my escape, I feel something on my bare leg. Something that feels like a thin rope or fishing wire. But it's not. It's another spider web. As I step outside, I look back at the spider web and see that it doesn't belong to just one spider, but four. And they're all staring at me. Every single one of their many black eyes shine as they stare. Then one of them starts to move, and the spider web that's still attached to my leg jiggles a little. At first, it just tickles. But then the spiders move again, not just one, but all four this time, vibrating the web ever so slowly, and I hear something. I hear something inside my head. At first, I ignore this, but then the spiders wiggle their tiny legs again. It's impossible to ignore now, and I realize that my eyes are being drawn along the spider web to its center. And right in the middle is a grasshopper stuck in the web. 
One of the spiders had wrapped it up in a makeshift cocoon, but it's still moving a little. My mind is screaming at me, telling me that this is horrible, disgusting, but I can't help myself. I'm just so hungry. I pluck the grasshopper free, watching as three spiders rush to repair the web. I close my eyes and place the grasshopper in my mouth. It's not as active as the fly, but I can still feel its legs moving before I crunch it between my teeth. A warm liquid coats my tongue and then slides down my throat. When I open my eyes, I see that the spiders have not only repaired the web, but they are now joined by half a dozen more. What's happening to me? The only answer is the grumble of my stomach and the twitch of the spiderweb, which is still somehow attached to my shin. I'm starving. I need to eat. But where? Where can I find more flies? More insects? I look down at the back of my hand and see that the spider bite now covers the entire surface. It looks like a white hot bubble. There even seems to be something moving inside of it. Pulsing. Shaking. I look away. Vanessa? I hear the secretary call for me from inside the office. I should go back inside. I should go back inside and wait for my mom, get some rest, and more ice for the back of my hand. But I can't because I'm just so hungry. As the secretary looks out the window, I press my back up against the wall where she can't see me. That's weird. When she ducks back inside, I start to run, knowing exactly where I can go to get more food. Because I need to eat. The spiders told me to eat. And that's exactly what I plan on doing. Hey campers, it's P.T. Logan, the writer and creator of Camp Fear, and I'm here with Abby Logan, the soothing voice you hear. Each Camp Fear episode takes between 20 and 30 hours to make, from writing to recording to mastering. If you're enjoying this story and want to continue hearing more stories, please consider supporting the show. You can do this by heading to www.patreon.com slash campfearpodcast, with your parents' permission, of course. By supporting the show, you not only ensure that we'll continue to make more episodes, but you'll also get special perks. Like ad-free episodes, so you don't have to hear my dad's voice again. One more time, that's www.patreon.com slash campfearpodcast. See you there, campers! Part 3. Hunger. I live in an apartment with my mom and dad. It's not far from the school, and even though my mom usually drives me, it's only because they wake up late. Takes me less than 10 minutes to walk home. I seem to be moving faster now, and once I even use my hands as well as my feet to scamper across the pavement. But when I get to my apartment, I don't go in the usual way, to the front door where I can punch in my special code and open it. Instead, I go around back to where the dumpsters are. It smells bad, like rotting food, but that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to eat, but not the food that people didn't finish and then threw in the garbage. 
I'm here to eat the things that eat the food, and there are lots of them. The buzzing sound is nearly deafening, and I see hundreds of flies above the dumpster's opening. One flies right in front of my face, and I catch it easily and toss it into my mouth. There is no disgust this time, only pleasure. I grab two more flies and eat them just as quickly. Then I realize that I have a problem. Even though there are many, many flies all around me, it would take forever to eat them all to feed my hunger. And that's when I notice them. Not flies, but spiders. They're in the corners of the dumpsters, clinging to the buildings just out of the direct sunlight are the spiders. They're everywhere, even though most people don't see them. I go to the closest web, one with a big black juicy spider clinging to it, and I gently reach out. With the nail on my baby finger on my good hand, I strum one of the strings. I'm not really sure what I'm doing, but it seems so normal, so natural. I pluck it once, twice, then take a small break before doing it a third time. Almost immediately, the black spider begins to move. It starts to build another web, and within moments, many more spiders join it. They all work together to build. But this is no normal web. It's a huge web that goes from the corner of the building across the top of the dumpster. And thick, too. Each of the threads are not tiny, but more like pieces of string. Within minutes, at least 100 spiders are working away at the web, which has already caught dozens of flies. I can't wait. I'm just too hungry. I reach out and begin pulling the flies from the web and putting them in my mouth. I don't even chew now. I swallow them whole. I eat as many as possible until my belly feels like it's going to burst. And then I collapse beside the dumpster, breathing heavily. The web supports my weight like a hammock. I slowly close my eyes, feeling sleep come as it often does when I've had a big meal. But something keeps me awake, a pain in the back of my hand. I look down at where the spider had bitten me in class, confused. The bite is huge now, the size of a softball. Inside the bubble, I can see black shapes moving around, but I'm not scared, not anymore because I know what their shapes are. Even if I didn't, I would have known the second the bubble popped and the first black dot appeared on my skin. It was a spider, of course, a tiny black spider. Then comes another, identical to the first. Then a third, then a fourth. So many spiders come out of my hand that my entire arm is covered in them. There are thousands of them, maybe even millions. After the spiders join their family on the massive web, I'm still looking at the bite. I can see into it, but I don't see bone or blood. Instead, I see tiny little hairs, dark hairs that look very much like the hairs on the legs of the spiders that had just crawled out of me. They're attached to a long, thin arm of some sort, something that looks like a giant spider leg inside my skin. I want to bring my hand to my face and cover my eyes, but when I do, the spider leg moves. I'm controlling it, I realize in horror. It's inside my skin that burst open and... A beeping sound suddenly interrupts me and I blink. I look around, but I can't see where it's coming from. What is that sound? The beeping continues. 
I closed my eyes for a second, and this time when I opened them, the dumpster is gone, as are the spiders. What's happening? I can still hear the beeping, but I can't see so well. All I know is that there is a bunch of windows to my left and that the sun coming in through them is so bright. Vanessa? It's my dad's voice, and I'm grateful to hear something I finally recognize. I can see him standing by the window, wearing his usual blue shirt and brown pants. All I know for sure is that I'm in the hospital, and the beeping is the machine that I'm connected to. Oh, Vanessa, I'm so glad that you're awake. Blinking, I turn my attention to the back of my hand. There's only a small red dot there. No softball-sized bite, no spiders crawling out of it. No spider leg inside my skin. What happened? It looks like you had a reaction to a spider bite you got in class, but, but, but don't be scared. You'll be fine. We were frightened there for a moment, but everything will be fine now. Everything will be fine. I sigh as relief washes over me. But then I shudder when I remember what I saw on my arm. How can there be a spider leg in there? I raise my hand and look at the small red dot again. Dad, when I was bitten, I saw something. Something inside my- Not here, Vanessa. Not here. My dad finally turns as he says this. How do you feel, V? His sudden change in tone makes me briefly forget about my nightmare. I still can't make out him entirely on account of all the light coming through the window. But his head seems larger than I remember. He takes a step forward. And then another. I feel... I feel fine, Dad. My dad comes close enough and all of a sudden he comes into focus. It's my dad alright, but he's different. Instead of wearing glasses like he usually does, he has big black eyes all stacked on top of one another, eight of them just like a spider. And instead of an orange beard, he has tiny hairs coming out of his face and head. He reaches out and touches one of the cables from a machine that is connected to me. And even though he doesn't open his mouth to say anything, I hear his voice inside my head as the vibrations reach me. Now that you know what we really are, it's important to remember to eat, Vanessa. I hope you're hungry, because I sure am. All campers know the saying, a wolf in sheep's clothing. But have you ever heard of the spider in human skin? No? Well, now you have. What do you think? Did the spider bite awaken something inside of Vanessa? Was it a cue for her to show her true self? Or did that bite change her? All I know is that Vanessa is always hungry. That, and maybe she doesn't hate spiders as much as she used to. Stay hungry, campers, and I'll see you back here next week by the fire. Camp Fear where you bring your fears and leave in tears. Camp Fear, the podcast, is a PTL Books and Pathological Inc. production. Story and audio editing by Patrick Logan. Vocals by Abby Logan. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode.
Campers, you can also email host at campfearpodcast.com and share your worst fear. You never know, one day you might be featured in your very own Camp Fear story. You can also visit our website, www.campfearpodcast.com to get your own Camp Fear merchandise and to grab the Camp Fear books. Copyright Patrick Logan, 2021. All rights reserved.